I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. It is uh, very easy to be completely happy and satisfied with the design and architecture community in Southern California. But where's the fun in that? It is really interesting to hear about global design, and following is the perfect group to give you an incredibly unique perspective on just that. This conversation took place at the West Edge Design Fair and featured designers Kelly Ellis and Barclay Butera. Also present was architect Gregory Phillips. This diverse panel discussed Maison A.O.J. in Paris. They compare and contrast this event with other design-focused events around the U.S. So it was really fun and interesting to hear this uh, comparison. This is a conversation about experience. While it's difficult for people to share the finer nuances of individual experience, it is really fun and interesting to hear how each experience affects individuals differently. It allows one to fully recognize that experience is truly unique to the attendee, and that's why everyone should experience Maison. It's, uh, it's on my shortlist for sure. Enjoy this conversation on international design with some giants in the business. Before we get into this conversation, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and invite you to join in the conversation as well. You can find us at Convo by Design on Twitter and at Convo by Design, this time with an X, on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find videos from these conversations on our YouTube channel. Again, search Convo by Design and you will find over 140 videos from some of your favorite guests, including the following. If you like the show, please send it to a friend so they can join in our uh, design community. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond and has been since episode number one. Snyder Diamond is always first with what's next in the kitchen and bath. That's the philosophy of second generation president Russ Diamond. He travels the world looking for the appliances, fixtures, and finishes for the kitchen and bath that allow designers and architects to create amazing spaces for their clients. Products like those from Mila. I recently toured the Mila showroom and was stunned really by all of the amazing products that Mila has to offer. From coffee machines, to ovens, ranges, hoods, Combus steam ovens, washers, dryers, dishwashers, all made with that Immer Besser philosophy hard-coded into the very DNA of this family-owned and operated company since their founding in 1899. Mila products are made to serve and built to last. They possess the form and function you expect, and they were created with the future in mind. The technology integrated into these appliances remarkable, and they were designed to work seamlessly together, all to make life that much easier. Now, combine this world-class product with the standard bearer in customer service, Snyder Diamond Service is here for you, and you have a powerful partnership. Find out more at any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms, and check out some fantastic limited-time offers and promotions from Mila while you're there. You can also learn more at SnyderDiamond.com. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Zach Lutz. I'm the showroom manager for Luxury Living in Los Angeles. Um, Luxury Living is pleased to sponsor this afternoon's panel, Global Design Inspiration, Paris Calling. Uh, moderating today's talk is Lisa Bingham Dewart. Lisa is Lux's Southern California and Pacific Northwest Homes Editor. Prior to a publishing career, she worked in the curatorial departments of Getty and Huntington where her focus was on decorative arts of 18th century France. Please enjoy it, thank you. Thank you so much. 
I sort of feel like I should be testifying before Congress right now. Um, so we are blessed to be um, speaking with three design luminaries today, and I'm going to just hit the highlights of their biographies um, to start out with because we could honestly go on and on and on about their accomplishments. Um, first off, I have um, Barclay Butera, whom I'm sure everyone is familiar with, who has been the creative force behind his eponymous firm um, and showroom in Newport Beach. Since 1994, he has showrooms in Park City and Corona Del Mar, and he has partnered with some of the most notable names in the industry, including Kravit and Nurasan. You've probably seen Barkley on TV, and his work has been published in a wide variety of publications. Um, in between, Barclay, next to Barclay, we have Kelly Ellis, who wears quite a few hats um, in the design world, um, including artist, designer, licensee, speaker, and a founding partner of Design Campus, not to mention an author. You've also probably seen her on TLC or HDTV um, or on the Design Network with her show Design Therapy. Uh, she is also widely published as well. And finally, bringing an actual international component to our group this afternoon is Gregory Phillips, who is joining us from England. Um, he established his firm, Gregory Phillips Architects, in 1991 and over the last 25 years has brought his own brand of elegant, refined modernism to country retreats, city homes, period properties, and contemporary architecture. He is an award-winning architect and is also widely published. So thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. So we are talking about international design and inspiration, Paris Calling. So to start out, it's especially appropriate um, for us today because we are at a design fair. So we're gonna put um, an international lens on design fairs today to start out with. So I'm curious for the group, um, how do design fairs such as Maison and Auger in Paris expand your perspective as designers and architects? Who wants to tackle that? I'll do it. Right. Kelly, go for it. I'm gonna start because I, uh, I have the Great pleasure of being the American ambassador to Maison Objet for all of you American designers. And that is a, a new um, uh, title for me as of this year. And I had never been to Maison until last September when I went to speak. And I thought, they are just, what are they gonna wanna hear from an American in Maison? It's Paris, right? And to my surprise, we had a full house and the most welcoming group of people, but which was more surprising and more delightful is how incredibly merchandised Maison is. How beautifully thoughtful Maison is in their selection of not only dealers, um, but how you experience new artists, new manufacturers, and designers in general. It was... Um, eye-opening and I, I never wanted to um, come back, <laughs> number one. But number two, wanted to really share with the American designers how important it was for me personally to make that trip. 
Um, and so how have you kind of communicated that now with uh, your American audience? Uh, we are working on campaigns. We filmed a lot of really fun videos while I was at Maison showing how easy it is, how easy it is to get around. I speak seven words of French, and you probably know them all as well. Um, I thought, you know, I, we needed to get across some of the hurdles that people have, cost, the language, um, not understanding the market, and all of those things. So we're, we're working really hard in a very fun way, which is the only way I know how to do it, to show the American audience that it's actually not only very simple, but fantastic and eye-opening and inspirational. If I can step in, I think that what's great about Maison is is that it's different from any show and being participating in any, every show in America, you go to Maison and it's so well edited and it's so well represented by different countries, not just France, but you have the opportunity to see inspiration from a lot of different countries. And the beauty of what they do with their booth structures and how they build the houses and you know, gazebos, and you're looking at something that, like, I don't even know how they afford to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's so inspiring. I happen to license in 10 different fields. So when I go there, the inspiration for me is incredible. And, you know, being in Paris and the romance of Paris and then going to the show, which takes probably three days to walk, um, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful show if you haven't gone to it. Yes, okay, so I, um, I agree. Um, I also think um, a show like Maison works on many levels. Um, you can get different things from it. So if you, if you wanted to set up a business um, selling uh, interior design objet, you, that's the only place you'd need to go. There, there are so many opportunities there to find um, gifts or uh, objects, furniture, rugs, especially rugs, there's a lot of rugs, um, that you've never seen before, you could do that in one, you could do it in one day, you could set up a business. On the other level, you'll, you can find um, a vase or something that no one else has ever seen, and you'll, you'll have that in your repertoire. Um, so, uh, at the same time as all of that, you could go to see some antique dealer, find a Pierre Genre couch that you just can't believe it's there, and walk away with that. Um, so that it's, and then, then there's the other side, which is you get to meet people that you would never otherwise meet. You socialize, you probably socialize easier there than you do in LA because it's quicker to get to places. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, there's many, many opportunities. And, and what's special about it, and I'm sure you know this, is that in the January show, you have every American editor that goes to Maison. So the exposure of just being there and being around editorial is super beneficial to us as Americans when all of these magazines go there to respect Maison and the beauty of this show. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah. go for it. I was just going to add to that. Um, What's really great is there is difference between the January and September, but you can work around, because so many of us go to, how many of you go to High Point and all the other shows? So you, visiting, go, yeah, exactly, traveling around. So you feel like you're on a circus and a tour, so to speak, but working it into your schedule is not, it's not terrible, because September is a fantastic market. It's pretty much an open month for us, which is great. Um, the January market's beautiful, to your point, because it also coincides with, with Design Week, or uh, Fashion Week. So Paris is alive, for those of you who love the fashion. And it's also the new offerings. So you're going to see everything that's brand new during the January market. And then September is partnered with Design Week. 
So the entire city is alive with um, design places to go to, galleries of the Marais, where you get to actually see the city and you're not just, just walking the eight gorgeous halls of furniture and accessories, but you also get to be involved and enveloped in the city as well, which is fantastic. So when you go to a fair like Maison, are you going with a specific goal in mind? Um, is that helpful to you to when you go to say, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this, or I'm, this, is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to meet with editors this trip, or I'm going to meet with uh, vendors this trip. What, what are some of the sort of goals, I guess, that you, you attend these with? You know, I think that basically it's everything. To tell you the truth, it's inspiration. I used to buy containers at Maison, um, which, you know, <laughs> logistically you have to get prepared for. Yeah. But, um, you know, because if you're buying a, Sp a Spanish vendor and you're buying a Belgian vendor and you have to consolidate and, you know, uh, Air Sea's doing it and it has to go to London. So it is, it, is a, it is a coordination that happens when you go and buy containers there. But the beauty of what you see there and the edited, you know, the edited beauty is really special. You go to New York Gift or you go to uh, Atlanta, it's in no way edited like Maison is. No, not at all. Um, I think you're correct. I agree that you sort of do it all. Uh, fortunately for me, the first trip that I went, uh, I went as press. So I am, I'm going to be introduced to all of the other press. I'm going to meet the editors that are there to um, sort of enjoy, enjoy uh, Maison. But it's also a, a great just introduction, because you're gonna meet and see so many new people, to your point, you will be exposed to many more vendors than you ever thought. But what's really nice too is that a lot of them are already have their logistics in place. So one of the first questions I ask is, do you ship to the US? And they'll, you either know or they don't, and they're gonna tell you right away, and then you fall in love, and then you figure out how to get it all. Um, but you, you meet the editors, all of their events are centered around new talent, new designers, um, they focus on new artists at every single market. And so you are exposed to so much more. To your point, you socialize, you make friends, you see them there again. All of a sudden, your world is huge. You can't wait to get back. But I go wanting to do all of those things. So wanting to meet a new editor, wanting to um, explore and find new manufacturers, really. Yeah. If you go in uh, January, book your hotel far now. in advance. Right now. Yeah, because Fashion Week, Fashion like, Week gobbles up all the great hotels. Yeah, so. that's right. You're right. Actually, this brings up, I was going to hit it earlier, but it, it's something that it seems like is coming up. What are some of your like keys to success for these? Because it sounds like there's a lot of logistics involved. It's not just seeing pretty things. You really have to, to kind of dig down and, and have some plans in your hand before you... Uh, before you hit the ground running. Right, well, Maison is split up in different areas. So they've separated, th this year starting especially, they separated the home, uh, Maison, and the object. So they were very, very specific about where everything was. There's a craft area. So you could go with intention, looking for something specific. If, if you have a store and it's rugs, then you know exactly where to go. If you're looking for ceramics, if you're looking for brand new things never seen before, start in the craft area. They're very good about, I use the app. So get on there, organize your trip. Just like most, most markets have the app now, it's become like the thing you have to have to get through and figure it out. Um, I kind of like a little bit of guidance when I go, so I can say, okay, I didn't meet these people last time, I'm gonna go see them this time. Or I need to get XYZ from this group, you know, what, whatever. But it is 
large, but is very well organized. And you know what's great is the RERB drops right there. So you're not like having to worry about if you want that's to Uber That's the rail there. system. That's, yeah. the, that's the metro. Yeah. Sorry. So yes. It's, yes. it's very, very easy to get to um, from the subway standpoint. So, And you know what's also, um, and Rocky LaFleur is here who does a huge group um, that puts together American in Paris. And isn't that what it's called? And so there's parties and there's an opening night and you're, you're really experiencing Americans visiting Paris and absorbing the whole aspects of, of being in France and enjoying the, you know, the sights and every aspect of, of being in Paris. So, so uh, as we've all said, there's lots of, um, lots of things you can get from going to uh, Maison. And so how you do it, I guess, depends on what you're about. Um, when I go shopping for anything, I, I, I'm the kind of person who has an A list and a B list. So my A list is that's what I'm going out to find. And my B list is if it comes into my sphere, onto my horizon, then I'm interested. So um, I think it's with like, are you about buying things, selling things, shopping, socializing? You can have, you can have an A list of all of those um, and you can moderate. Um, so it, do, it does need some planning though, because it's, it's, it's really large. And discipline to be able to get past the socializing and to the next thing on the A-list takes discipline, but we all know that. And also it sounds like saying no when you realize that maybe they can't ship, so you can't totally fall in love. You have to, you have to keep your distance until it's allowed. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. No, the other thing I think that's great about Maison is you see color trends in the home. And those color trends might not hit us for another six months, but you come back with, you know, I mean, I, I remember last market, it's all about peacock colors and vivid purple and, you know, it, and then there was the whole pastel element. And so I think that what you go, when you go there, it's also a, a really great color story for fashion for the home. The inspiration is really fun. If any of you have seen Patty Carpenter, who is the um, trend ambassador for Maison, she does a fantastic job of going to every market, coming back and reporting. So if you haven't seen it, just look her up. Um, we just did it together at High Point, and it's always super poignant. It's eight halls into one beautiful presentation to show you what's coming and how it was used and uh, the different ways that you're seeing those trends, which is really important. Um, and I just have to say this before I, we get carried away too, too much, is um, Maison did a beautiful job putting together uh, the things, my list of what I thought was the Americans sort of um, roadblock to attending Maison. And if you didn't know Rocky and you didn't know he has this fantastic tour, which I, I highly recommend if you're truly afraid, but Froggy Travel was a company that worked with me and they put together a package that was incredible. So it was round trip travel, it was six days, and your metro pass and your entrance into market for $2,000. And so for those West, us West Coast designers who will spend that going to High Point, I was pretty happy to sort of extend that. So just watch for my Instagram and I'll put another post on there and you can all reach out to, to join us as we do this this traveling around um, Paris and Maison Market in the best, easiest way that we possibly can. And then you join Rocky if you want to hit all those VIP parties, because he's got them all dialed in. That's right. um, maybe Rocky should just come up here now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you brought up a great point, 
Barkley, and I wanted to kind of uh, spin off on that, about some of the things that you're seeing in terms of the last couple of trips to Maison, or even at other markets, either internationally or in the U.S., um, for any of you. What, what, have, what have you seen that's sort of in the air that you think is going to perhaps be something at some point. You know, it's interesting, and, and I'll give a plug to Kelly, is that about a year ago, you know, it was all about the radius kind of like sofas and like, you know, tiered nightstand or tiered coffee tables that all kind of interlocked. And there were just a lot of interesting, maybe 60s vibes mm -hmm. to like with a soft palette. And I just went to Kelly's showroom at Sunpan, and it was radius sofas and yes. blush pink. <laughs> did you see I gave you a tag? Yes, I did. Yeah, so anyways, I think that we definitely get inspired by there. And, and um, in each market kind of like will surprise you. So and certain vendors like go all out on color and display. And so it's very, I have some pictures up there of certain vendors that I love. So. Um, I think I have a slightly different perspective on that. So, you know, I'm an architect. I do get involved in the whole construction process and the interiors. And um, so I've had this interesting journey this year because I, I built a lot in the UK and now I'm building here. Um, so when you're there, you see things of great craftsmanship and you're trying to work out, could I curate that into another situation, another, an, an, another location? Uh, would it be appropriate? And... Uh, is it going to enhance or is it sort of come some kind of violation to take it? But I, th I think it's all a very enriching experience. Um, so uh, Barclay mentioned something that Kelly seems to have internalized um, in design-wise. Are there any other specific things that you maybe can point to or you, Gregory, yeah. can point to about that you've seen at the market and then have really kind of resonated that you've incorporated into your, your own um, work in some capacity? Well, I go and I take pictures of things. It's always very personal, right? It's selfish. Like you're working on a project and you have something in your head and so then you take 97 photos of something that looks like what you're working on because that's what we're doing. We're very focused. So I'm working on an outdoor uh, design and what I noticed a ton of this last market was macrame, but not the macrame we used to do when we were kids. That, not that macrame, not plant holder macrame, right? Different, I'm dating myself, right? I know. Um, it, I know, it's very, very different now. So I'm seeing it in outdoor furniture, this heavily woven sides and insides, and it's just not the strings that we saw before, but really, really intricate, beautiful work. And it was everywhere. It was in the rugs that were really heavy. Um, Odd-shaped rugs instead of your squares and your ovals, very different. Um, and, and not fringe, but again, that macrame that was done intentionally. It was in uh, screen separators, it was in wall art, but again, not your grandma's macrame, so watch for it, because we're gonna see it done everywhere, but much heavier in a bigger way. It was really beautiful. Um, so, sorry, I need my glasses. I'm, um, uh, anything else in, at, at the fairs that you've really kind of um, seen or experienced that has stuck with you? Can I just say, say something about shows? So um, one of the issues, I think, of the world today is we kind of look for what we already expect to look for. You know, on, when you're on um, Instagram and looking at magazines, you look at what you already know. So travel and doing things unexpectedly takes you into uh, new situations, and that, that really can give you another string to your bow, another way of looking at life, another way of designing objects you can put into um, properties that you didn't you hadn't imagined. So 
I, I think that serendipity aspect is really great and very de democratic because you're not relying on very big companies taking you to their showrooms and that being a global um, situation. What you are is really is power to the people because you're going out and finding it. Right, and I think that, that serendipity aspect, I think in, in certain ways because of the rise of the internet and social media, isn't necessarily like it used to be where you're actually going out and maybe stumbling into a shop with an amazing, um, that you find this thing that you didn't even know that you wanted, or so that that kind of actual on, boots on the ground thing is where the, the really like resonant um, thing, discoveries are sometimes still made. I love the string on the bow. I'm going to use that one. Add another string to your bow. It's great. Uh, absolutely. So just, you know, going out of your comfort zone, really, because I know that half of the market, um, for me, any international market for that matter, is out of my comfort zone. So it's, it's making you look at things differently. You're seeing color pairings that you've never seen before. You're seeing, um, again, the merchandising there is so different, but so inspirational. The way that you know, they hang lights from the ceiling may inspire the next installation that you do. So you really, you're getting more from it than you even know because you're going thinking you're gonna go to list A and you end up with list B and so much more because right. you're, you're experiencing, you're getting out of your space. And even if it's not an international, it's just, going on a, you know, something that's three hours away, dropping yourself into a place that's different and not what you're used to looking for, because we get to be very creatures of habit. When you start to look for a sofa or a chaise or anything, you, you go to your go-tos. You have your go-to list, you know, your A players, and sometimes you have to have somebody show you a whole nother A list, and it's, that's why you go. And it's very global also. I think that that's what's so special about it is that it's, it's a global show. So it's not just Parisian. It's, it's very, very global and, and again, well edited. So. Right. I was going to say in some of the stores, obviously, um, Luxury will, are, are doing that for you. Um, and that's the goal is that they're traveling to the markets. They're finding those pieces that are new, different, unique. And that's what makes them special. And those are the stores that you want to pop into because you know, hey, I didn't make it there this year. What did you see? You bring it to me and show me what, what was there. And the, the other side is you're, you're, you're talking to makers as well. You're talking to the craftspeople. So you're not talking to someone who's spent half an hour finding out about it. It's their, it's their life. <laughs> so you get the whole story. Um, so beyond design fairs, uh, when, you, when you're traveling internationally, I think we hit on this a little bit, but what, what are some of the things that you really do to, to push you out of your comfort zone and to, and to, to make those discoveries? You know, I, I think that there's really special things that you find on the flea market on Saturday. So I always kind of block out Saturdays for the flea market um, so I can, like, be inspired by, you know, old things. Um, you know, so it, I, I think that's a special part of going to Paris. And then in uh, January, it's deco off, too. So, you know, textiles are extremely important in J January. And the whole, you know, aspect of exploring different textiles companies and what they're presenting um, uh, in Paris. So I find different environments really exciting to work um, with as an architect, um, particularly, um, so junctions, so like the junction between a cliff face and the ocean or a hill um, and a flat landscape. So coming to different, coming here is, is, is a fantastic challenge and out of my comfort zone. Uh, the weather's different. Um, so the, the, that kind of experience is a challenge and really exciting. Um, oh. Yeah, I was just going to add, and just experiencing, for me, 
going to the off the beaten path uh, neighborhoods and love to just sit and have a little snack and a cup of coffee and or a cocktail, whatever you prefer, maybe both. And you get to see life in a different way, just like when you're people watching and you see everybody wearing different clothes and how they wear them, the choices that they make, how the stores are put together, how people um, sit together and talk, how they, are they different, are they the same? And that just tells you so much about the environment. And the food. And of course, the food is phenomenal, we know. And it's just, the best thing about it is experimenting. You know, I'm not, not hitting the Irish pub in Paris like I did on my first trip. Totally did that. I did. I was like, what am I doing? This is crazy. And I think hotel design and restaurant design is a huge inspiration. So dining out and the hotels you stay at and visiting for lunch and so on. Uh, but the decor of, of, you know, those locations is super inspiring. So that, that international travel aspect has been really influential, I think, with um, what's happened in uh, residences in London, in, in people, where people in, live in London, because they've traveled the best hotels in the world, they've come back and they said, I want, I want that or better. And then that, that translates to other places. Um, so it, it's all really enhancing, and that, that is a good aspect of the global, the global world, where um, you can get an idea and you can transplant it. Are you, Kelly and Barkley, also seeing clients coming back from traveling and saying, okay, so I was in Dubai, for example, and now I want, you know, this is, this is something that's important to me. I think they've always done that. It's either a family heirloom that needs to be worked in that you're looking at going, I can't or I won't. Or it's, or it's those travel photos or that experience. Most people are looking for the experience, right? We're creating an emotion, we're creating feeling. So, you know, that's a whole other design psychology thing we could talk about for a whole other panel. But it's getting to the why of what they want more than just how to make it pretty and copying something from a magazine. So it's very deep. And usually it's from their travels and experience, a positive experience no matter where it was, they want to recreate. Now, are we going to put an aquarium in the middle of the house and surround it? Probably not. But I know you've probably done it. And, <laughs> and then we call, we call him and say, can you make this happen, right? For any, any amount of money, we can make anything happen, right? Cl yeah. Clients love to travel too. We, we, we take clients to Italy. We choose blocks of marble. That it ends up, they say, I don't want that one, that one's better, and it ends up in their house. They love that. Have any of you taken clients to a fair before? Or, yeah, how, did, how, how, how does that work? How, is, that a different, is that a fundamentally different experience versus just you going yourself? I don't suggest it. <laughs> you suggest it? I don't suggest oh, it. I don't suggest it I don't all. suggest it, yeah. no. Because they can't high edit. Risk. Right, yeah. they're at yeah. high risk. Yeah. So we're, we're curators, so nice. if they think they're curators, we've got a problem because they're not. They need to they're stay all over the place. Yeah. yeah, they're all over the place. I mean, you know how bad it is when they start asking their gardeners and their friends of friends what they think about your design? Worse, if you take them. Like, ten, 100 times worse. Don't let them. No, no, no. Yeah, no. So it's all about reporting back versus getting them there. Um, and the tactful way of being like, eh, sorry. Maybe another time. Um, so um, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about, just um, because we're talking about uh, fairs and the you know the focus on at fairs is on new things, new designs, new color palettes, new what what have you. And I'm curious um, about the old things. How how when you are 
abroad. Are you looking at the old things a lot? Are you, are you trying to incorporate old things? Are you getting containers of old things to, to bring home? What's, what's, your, what's your perspective on old things? You know, I, I think, to tell you the truth, design is an interpretation of previous design, which is an interpretation of previous design. So when you go and see what's going on at Maison, they're interpreting previous design. You know, they might not be copying it, but they're interpreting it. So I think that you actually see old become new when you go to Maison. So. Yeah, yeah so on, on, the, on the flippant answer, I guess, could be, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So, like... It, it's just a matter of when it happens. You're but so good with those. <laughs> I'm adding a string to my bow. I've got a broken clock. I love it. But on a... You've thrown me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> a, a broken clock is right so twice the, a day. So the other thing, though, is, is quality craftsmanship, working with you know, natural materials in a great way, is just timeless. So it doesn't matter when it's from. Um, and you're saying that as someone who works in the, the contemporary exactly. vein quite, exactly. quite a bit. Contemporary with quality, that's, right. you know. Um, so um, it, another question now, because you've, you've traveled internationally, and, and do you feel like design is maybe becoming a little bit more homogenized as the world becomes more connected and globalized? Or is there still really a distinct sort of regional you know, you're seeing things that maybe are produced in Spain that you absolutely wouldn't see produced in France or in England versus here, you know. So I'm curious. I think so. I think we're, um, I, even though you're going to see the trends and you have all of those same international people showing at the different markets, where you see, I think where you see the differences is in implementation. So not necessarily at market because market, everybody goes to show their wares. But when you're going through the hotels and you're seeing how things are done in, in public spaces, that's where you see the lens of the designer is where it's different. The lens of designers in different places are definitely different. They're taking some of the same elements that you've seen and doing them in a different way. That's what's exciting for me, is to see that difference around. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I agree. And also, it's, you know, it's, very, uh, it's very nuanced uh, design. Uh, you, it can look like you'll go to the same showroom, you put it in the same property, and just color can just make the light outside. So you need to be sensitive to the where you are, the environment of where you are. Um, so I, I think in the end, it's in the hands of the person putting it together. It becomes really individual, even though it, it looks like it's a global situation. And I also think that because you're dealing with so many different countries, materials are very, you know, different and in, 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 in indigenous to, to the area that they're coming from. So I think you'd see a lot of interpretation of design based on the country that they're from and the region they're from too. Um, so uh, I'm curious now about sort of the differences and we, we hit on this a bit, but uh, the American kind of fair experience versus versus the um, the uh, the experience at Maison or, or the European experience in general. What are you know what are some of the distinctions between those, and are your approaches different um, at those shows versus if you were headed to Europe? Aside from being in a completely different culture. I think the merchandising, as we mentioned before, is what sets uh, the different markets apart from an American market. Um, I think we have to uh, dig a little bit harder or 
be a little more creative in our vision when we're seeing things in an American market, in my opinion, because I can see the same exact brand at High Point versus that same brand in Maison, and the way that they merchandise can be completely different. Much more um, inspirational, bolder, spending incredible amounts of money. I don't even want to ask how much money they, they are spending. It is, it is mind-blowing to see how a seemingly small company that we would see here taking up a, a very fractional space and then at Maison, it's huge and things are falling off the walls and they've got tables upside down suspended in the ceilings and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I thought you were just a little guy. And they're, they're not. So they, that tells you where their importance is and where they're finding their buyers and, and very being mindful of how they merchandise to the different markets. But I find that the markets are very different in that respect. I mean, they're building two-story buildings with hardwood flooring, demising walls, I mean, windows. It's, it's a full construction you know, experience. Uh, they don't skimp on expense there. I mean, I think you go to other markets, they're temporary, I mean, very temporary in display, um, where here it's, it's almost a competition in display, so. Yeah, but there's different scales, so that absolutely, you can go into rooms that look, you'd, you'd be happy to live there forever. Um, they're completely finished. And then, as I said, you, you can buy objects and there are tens of thousands of things you'd be interested in. Um, so it's just the scale is incredible. I mean, how do you curate for yourself? What for our own homes, like personally? Well, no. At, at, at the when you have that curatorial eye at the shows, it could be overwhelming, just like for our clients. But of course, we're so professional; we know exactly how to get through all of that without a headache, right? So I find champagne helps <laughs> a lot to help get through all of that. It's difficult, so you do have to have an A-list of sort of who you thought you wanted to see, who you, who you were thinking would be interesting. And then if you've never been before, you don't have that list. You just go with big, wide eyes like I did, took it all in, left with a giant happy headache, and was happy to do it again in the next day, and, and really just learn from all, all the different new vendors and manufacturers that are there. So it depends on, on what you're really going for your goal. But I, I try to go open because even this year there was six, over 600 brand new vendors just in one market. 600 new. So it was, you know, I couldn't possibly know who they were and who I was ready to see. I just went. And I actually take a different approach. I don't choose like who I want to see. I walk every aisle in every hall. So that's why it takes me so long is because I don't want to miss the small vendors. So they might not be able to afford what you know the end caps are in in the uh, in the, the display halls, but there's a lot of jewels uh, in those aisles. So going down and kind of doing it on a micro level, I mean, it's just ultimately keeping an open mind yeah. and wearing comfortable shoes. And wearing comfortable wearing comfortable <laughs> shoes. Yes, what she said. So I think to wrap up, I wanted to do sort of a lightning round about just kind of international um, experiences and, and travel in general. So um, for all of you, what is your favorite place to travel, either here or abroad? 
I just came back from Mykonos, and I'm a blue and white guy. So, you know, <laughs> so I, uh, I actually was uh, very happy to be in Mykonos. Um, and then uh, I'm going to Mexico City for Thanksgiving. So I haven't been in like 15 years. So I'm looking forward to that and, you know, the experience, the art of, of Mexico City. So. Well, everyone who knows me knows Barcelona is my city. Like, I cry when I land and cry when I leave, and I don't know why. I'll find out one day. A past life, who knows? But it's my favorite place. My daughter lives there, so that doesn't hurt. Um, but it's just, I love that the Gothic architecture mixed in with the new, and I just love it. So this past year, I've been discovering more of California and more of the UK, so I've enjoyed all of that. I have to say that the place that I've been to that is most unusual for me was Kyoto. I, I just think it's gorgeous. Uh, the, the mixture of um, temples and gardens, um, it's a dream. Um, now, do you have any places that are on your sort of next stop besides Mexico City, which I think was just named design capital of the world really? recently. Um, so there's a lot happening there. You know, I date someone that like pushes my travel so he constantly pushes like where we're gonna go next so i i think that like the dreams of like where he wants to go egypt dubai you know like so it, it's i think it's good to have that younger perspective where it's like let's get on an airplane and explore mm -hmm. so yeah so you're basically going anywhere i'm, go yeah, so I'm going, going anywhere he's yeah. going anywhere and everywhere afford that, exactly <laughs> I think Japan has always been a dream for me. I mean, it's a dream. Honestly, it's always been a dream. So it's been very, very high on my list. I'm putting that out there in the universe right now. If anybody wants to go, let's go. Um, that that's high on my list. I'll make Kyoto a first stop. Is there a fair in, in Japan that you can hook up with? I'll find it. You do that. I will find it. <laughs> I like the idea of traveling and wherever I travel, building a house. <laughs> that's not a not a bad not a bad goal. So I'm going to Chianti in November, oh. um, working on a house. So I'm pretty awesome. happy about that. Beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna have some guests? Gonna have, make a little guest space there for for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what on your travels is your favorite thing you've ever acquired? I I just being in Mykonos, I found um, and I posted on Instagram. I don't know if you saw. But, but uh, I found the evil eye pillows that are all hand sewn. Um, and so I bought a six foot black pillow um, with the evil eye in blue. And I put it in, I designed for Castell Furniture and I, I put it in the outdoor day bed. So it's like my back pillow to the day bed. So, and, and I'm, I, you know, I live in a very like cottagey, you know, ranch. So this is a juxtaposition <laughs> to my backyard. <laughs> I love that. But it's supposed to be good luck. I was thinking about avoiding the question and saying I'm more into experiences than purchases, but... Um, Which is fine. Well, yeah, but I, I did buy some beautiful candlesticks in... Um, in Parachi in Brazil, um, which is another great place. You should put it on your list. I am having a tough time with this because I bring home so much. I always bring home a new suitcase to fill, to take with me because I bought so much. I always have to bring that home. Um, I think it was living in the Gothic or the Gothique of Barcelona. And I just picked up this beautiful Gaudi 
inspired um, piece. It's a tile that was actually made from the mold of the tiles along La Gracia. So I just had to have it because I love the city so much. So it's, it's a cement tile, really fun to bring home, that cement tile. Like, what else can I put in the suitcase? Because it was already gonna be over, right? So I have this cement tile wrapped up, but it now is in my kitchen so I can look at it and remember that I just love the city so, so much. And this actually leads me to my next question, which is your, what is your favorite, most resonant travel experience? It sounds like Mykonos is, is, is really late. It just now. was the most <laughs> recent, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe in a month it'll be Mexico City. All right, so, yeah. well, you'll have to report back to us. I was just in Barcelona, so I'm still there too. Yeah. I went there for my birthday, it was beautiful. I'm traveling right now, so. Right, yeah. right, so, so tell us about your experiences here in Los Angeles. It's all open. <laughs> well, thank you so much, all of you, for joining us. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Design culture, it's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendome products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendome spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vendome mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vendome before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in LA, or online at Vendome.com. <laughs>